welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Well, it is estimated that between 2 and 3 million adults struggle with OCD in the U.S. Uh, Estimates also suggest around 500,000 children in the U.S. struggle with it as well. And I want to, uh, by God's grace, discuss today uh, this particular issue. I've been doing some reading on it recently and uh, want to show how uh, God's Word uh, uh, gives answers to Uh, this particular struggle. And I want to begin today with a definition, and I am going to give uh, the definition that is found in the DSM-5, which uh, some of you may know is the uh, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, and of course, the fifth edition. Uh, This is the go-to textbook produced by the uh, American Psychiatric Association. Uh, It includes how to diagnose and treat various um, quote-unquote mental disorders, uh, as it were. And this is their definition. Their definition is, quote, OCD is characterized by the presence of obsessions and or compulsions. Obsessions are recurrent and persistent thoughts urges, or images that are experienced as intrusive and unwanted, whereas compulsions are repetitive behaviors or mental acts that an individual feels driven to perform in response to an obsession or according to rules that must be applied rigidly, end quote. In a similar vein of thought, the Mayo Clinic defines OCD this way, quote, Obsessions are unwanted, intrusive thoughts, ideas, doubts, or impulses that seem inappropriate or senseless, yet cause intense distress. Compulsions are urges to repeat behaviors or have certain thoughts in order to decrease anxiety created by obsessions, end quote. The key word in both of these definitions is the word unwanted. Uh, There is a bit of a cycle here where someone experiences an unwanted thought. Uh, Perhaps this thought might be something like they think they're going to kill somebody or that they want to kill somebody uh, or that they're going to shout an obscenity in a public place or that they have germs on their hands. Uh, That's the obsession. And the compulsion is what they do as a response in order to neutralize the anxiety that uh, is produced by that thought. So if someone thinks uh, they have germs on their hands, uh, they suddenly become worried or anxious that they're going to maybe get somebody else sick. Uh, They might accidentally kill somebody by giving them these germs. And so the compulsion is to wash their hands sometimes uh, literally a hundred times in the day. Uh, Or if they have the thought that they're going to kill someone, they might have a ritualistic word or a phrase that they repeat to neutralize that. If they have an immoral thought, they might have a certain prayer that they say a certain number of times to get forgiveness. Um, Now, I'm, I'm, let me go back up to the definitions and say I am content using these definitions, even though 
I do not subscribe to the underlying anthropology uh, of those who contributed to uh, these definitions. Generally speaking, the psychiatric community subscribes to a materialistic view of mankind, and thus they miss the spiritual dimension addressed in the Bible. Uh, This is why, well, I should say one of the reasons why I find their solutions lacking. Uh, But there are times, and uh, I do think this is one of those times, where um, sometimes it's helpful or they're helpful in describing a collection of symptoms. The only thing that I'm not necessarily excited about is the term itself, OCD, particularly the disorder part. Uh, There seems to be some underlying assumptions uh, in that it implies a purely um, biological causation uh, or that put this in the category of a disease, and I think that's missing the mark uh, entirely. And so nevertheless, uh, I will use the term OCD if only for pragmatic reasons. Uh, Everybody knows what you mean by OCD. Uh, And so it's just easy to use it, even though um, uh, I may not be fully on board with uh, the the entire term. So I guess we're stuck with the term, and uh, I'm I'm fine with that. Um, But on the other hand, perhaps not quite everybody knows what you mean by OCD. And so um, maybe let's expand a little bit on the definition above. Um, to include some symptoms so that we can get a better picture for what we're talking about, because I think there are some misconceptions on what this is. And so when we talk about OCD, we have to distinguish it from what some people refer to as Hollywood OCD. Uh, Hollywood OCD is a term for how Hollywood portrays OCD that may or may not be accurate. Hollywood has a tendency to portray OCD in ways, um, at least when I think of how Hollywood uh, portrays it, I think more of perfectionism than OCD. And so this actually is how it's also portrayed in common parlance. Uh, It is oftentimes used as a synonym for orderliness, which is actually not very accurate. Uh, So someone might say, you know, oh, pardon my OCD. I just like to have all the shoes lined up in a certain order. Well, that's not really OCD. I mean, it could be, um, you know, assuming some of these other things were present, but that's usually not OCD. OCD doesn't mean that you're a neat freak, but that's just kind of how we typically tend to use the phrase, uh, the term today. Um, So if this is not really what it's like, then what does it look like? And uh, the answer to this is that it can take many forms, and there is a lot of overlap. Uh, So I'm just going to give you some general categories um, and admit that there's a lot that could be added to this. Um, And also, by the way, this does not mean that everybody experiences all of these things. Uh, There may be people who just, well, well, everyone, uh, you know, is going to experience just a certain part of these things. Um, So the first one, first general category-ish, is going to be religious OCD. And uh, religious OCD is um, basically where you have individuals who have persistent, unwanted thoughts against God 
in that can be in all kinds of ways. Uh, and I'm actually going to talk, Lord willing, on this more later. In fact, not today, but in a future podcast. Um, but generally, this would involve, um, you know, perhaps a thought about, you know, blaspheming Jesus or something like that, and then following that up with trying to atone for it through some ritualistic prayer or something like that. Um, so that's kind of religious OCD. And again, I'm going to unpack a lot more of that later because um, there's it's a big category. In fact, I may devote just a whole podcast to it. I'm not entirely sure yet. Um, there also is a category uh, of OCD uh, dealing with cleanliness and germs. And so the obsession is the thought that you've contracted germs from somewhere and then the compulsion, because remember, there's these two parts. So there's the obsession and the compulsion. And actually, I probably should throw in that third part of the anxiety in the middle. Um, but the obsession is I touch something that had germs. And then the compulsion is that you want to wash uh, in order to remove those germs um, and, and actually to remove the anxiety that's caused by that. Um, and I think I mentioned earlier, people wash their hands 100 times a day. Some people will take showers, multiple showers, one right after the other uh, in a row uh, to make sure that they've totally cleaned themselves. Um, and so then, there, so there's that category of cleanliness and germs. There's also a category of having unwanted thoughts of, uh, of harming someone or shouting something out. So you might have a thought pop into your head about hurting your baby or killing somebody or punching somebody or whatever, uh, or even uh, yelling a profanity out in a church service. Um, and so these thoughts will pop into someone's head, and then they are afraid. Again, here's the fear component, the anxiety. They're afraid that they might actually do it. You know, oh, that thought popped into my head. Is that really what I'm like? Do I really like those things? Do I really want to do that kind of a thing? And so they will um, uh, uh, be worried, obviously, about that. And so the compulsion part then is a lot of different expressions, but it's typically going to be avoiding certain places or physically, sometimes physically restraining your mouth uh, so you don't accidentally yell that profanity out. Or it might be avoiding seeing certain family members or avoiding seeing children um, or whatever that particular uh, unwanted thought it has to do with, just avoiding that altogether. Um, and again, there are other examples, uh, other categories. Uh, and I, I, like I said, I want to hone in particularly on the religious ones a little bit later. Uh, but for now, it's important to observe that in all of these situations, the obsession is unwanted. And that creates fear, worry, anxiety, and then the compulsion is supposed to relieve the anxiety. Now, it, it, it relieves it temporarily for a very short time, and I'll throw this in there as well, too. Uh, sometimes what the person will do as a way of relieving the anxiety is they will seek out uh, excessive reassurances from other people. So they will constantly be asking, you know, is it okay that I did this or that I thought this? Or uh, do you think that I'm uh, an unbeliever now? Do you think that I'm, I've lost my salvation? Do, are, are you sure this is a clean surface? You know, whatever. There's all kinds. Of, but seeking out these reassurances is another way of trying to get rid of the anxiety. So the goal of the person 
who's going through this is to get rid of this anxiety and this worry that's that's accompanying um, these unwanted uh, thoughts that are flying into their into their uh, minds. So relieving the anxiety. Um, so now how do we deal with it? Um, and I'm actually not going to answer that question yet from a biblical view. Uh, I first want to answer that question from a modern uh, psychiatric viewpoint. And so if you go to see a specialist, what will they do to help you? Most likely, what they're going to use is what is called cognitive behavioral therapy. And this simply means that they address the mind and the behavior both. And so they do this by actually exposing you to situations that are likely to cause you anxiety. So as an example... Uh, let's say that you are afraid of germs on money. Uh, they're actually going to, the therapy is going to look like them making you hold the money without letting you wash your hands. Um, and then they will also try, so that that's the behavioral side of it. The cognitive side of it is that they will try to retrain your mind by reinforcing the idea that OCD is lying to you. This isn't true that you want to kill this person. This isn't true that, you know, you are, um, you know, wanting to do this thing, hurting this or whatever. Um, and so they will try to reinforce um, what's true and separate that from what is a lie and what's not true. Now, they have reported um, general success with this approach, but obviously, as we know, these things are very difficult to track. What is interesting, though, and I will say this, is that sometimes secularists do stumble upon truth through God's common grace. Uh, And so the one area um, in this approach that there's going to be some similarities with, biblically, is when they are encouraging someone not to listen to the lies and uh, actually listen to the truth. And so I want to give to you, I said I wasn't going to give the answer yet from a biblical view, but a little bit of a taste of this and see the parallel here. In Philippians 4, 8, the Bible says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So in light of this verse, my encouragement Um, is to ask the person who's struggling with with OCD a simple question. What is true? What is truth? Um, And what is, you know, false? Can you tell the difference between those things, you know? Uh, And I think that this is a valid part of finding relief um, from OCD But I do, at the same time, believe that the secular view and the secular solutions suffer from a serious shortcoming. And that is what I mentioned earlier, namely the fact that it has a skewed anthropology and it misses the spiritual dimension of mankind. So while I do believe, according to God's common grace, uh, they may have stumbled upon one thing that actually... um, is 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 a good thing. Uh, I think that even in that, there are some shortcomings. Um, so let me help um, explain what I, what I'm trying to say here. When a Christian counselor says what is true, 
think about what's true. Um, what, what I'm doing is going back to the Bible and reviewing certain theological truths that are crucial to understanding um, and crucial to believe regarding this issue. So uh, to, to maybe jump the gun a little bit, um, the, the ultimate answer to this issue is going to be a theological answer. And that's why I think that the secular view, while it may stumble on some things that are helpful, and there may even be some pragmatic value to that, uh, it is going to fall short of an ultimate solution because it's not equipped to um, take someone uh, to Scripture and to take them to the theological truths that are going to ultimately free this individual from this issue that they're going through. So while secularists may get um, some things right uh, in this area uh, as a demonstration of God's common grace, I do think that they miss the solution in the main, and that's where we need the truth of Scripture. And we simply know this, and this should be true in any area, but particularly for the person going through OCD, Jesus is more than enough for us. And that even includes the person who's struggling through this particular issue. And so if you are one who is um, going through OCD, um, or perhaps maybe you're helping someone who is, then run to Christ because He is enough. And what I hope to do, uh, Lord willing, is to flesh that out in more detail um, in uh, some upcoming podcasts on this topic and really just give some uh, a framework for understanding this and resolving it from a biblical perspective. So I guess that's enough for today. Uh, Lord willing, we'll pick up next week on this and continue working on this from a biblical perspective. I'm particularly excited to share with you uh, actually one well-known figure from church history that struggled with OCD for years and actually cataloged it in his autobiography along with all of the details, and there are tons of details uh, that he gives in his struggle through this. And I do honestly think that it might surprise you uh, when you find out who it is. Uh, So, okay, I'll give you one sneak peek. Here is a line, I'm not going to tell you who it is, here's a line from his autobiography. He says this about the OCD that he's going through. Uh, He describes the OCD by saying, these things may seem ridiculous to others, even as ridiculous as they were in themselves. But to me, they were the most tormenting thoughts. Every one of them augmented my misery. And uh, it is incredible to read the struggle that he went through. And it's also incredible to read the paragraph where he finds relief. And it is just an instantaneous, uh, like someone shut off the valve of OCD in his life. And he uh, was able to find uh, victory um, through the gospel. And again, all uh, Lord willing, uh, plan on articulating that more in detail in the future. So, and I guess you'll have to wait to find out who it was till next time. Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Orville YMCA. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.